everybody. Small Town Sports Podcast, Episode 5, Milestone Episode. I'm hoping you guys are enjoying it. I know it's been a little bit since I've done an episode, but I feel like this is a pretty good day to start a new one with all the news and all the signings that have happened today in in sports. Um, Obviously, the NFL started last week and got another game tonight, so I want to do some NFL season predictions. going to go division by division and tell you who I think is going to win that division and why. Um, going to do a bit of a week one recap. Talk about a couple of the games and my thoughts on them. Um, you know, for and for those of you that don't know, I'm a diehard Patriots fan, so of course I'm going to be talking about the Patriots game every week and my thoughts on that. And if they win, I'll be really happy, and if they lose, I'll be pissed off, and we'll kind of go through... A little bit of that, but again, you know, I'll talk about a couple different games that I found intriguing and, um, you know, go through that. And then also going to talk about the Leafs training camp. It'll, it officially opened today, and Mike Babcock and Kyle Dubas had some interesting things to say. Going to talk about that. Um, you know, going to dive in a bit to the Willie Nylander contract discussions, which are still ongoing, and he has yet to report to camp. Um, and then obviously going to talk about the Eric Carlson trade, which just broke a couple hours ago and as well as the Tyler Sagan deal. All right, so let's get into it. So my NFL season predictions. Well, let me tell you, it's going to be a very good year. I think for the league, there's a couple divisions that are going to be really hard to predict. And, you know, I was just... Before I came on, I just was kind of just going over all the, all the divisions and sort of making mental notes, you know, for every team in the division. And like I said, there's there are some that um, are going to be pretty easy to predict. And like I said, and other, and others that are going to be pretty tight. So we start in the AFC, AFC East. It's it's a division that my team, the Patriots, have dominated for the last decade or so. And I don't envision that changing this year. Um, You know, obviously the Jets and the Bills have young rookie quarterbacks and Sam Darnold and Josh Allen. So I don't imagine them posing much of a threat to Tom Brady and Bill Budjak and the Patriots. And as far as Miami goes, I, you know what, other than Tannehill, I I just really don't like their team. I don't think he has enough weapons and... Um, for those of you who pay attention to football, you you know that the Dolphins normally always uh, break people's hearts and fall short. So I've got the Patriots winning that division. Um, I I again I think I think Miami will finish second just based on quarterback. You know Tannehill isn't a bad quarterback, but um, you know he's certainly not a top tier quarterback by any means. But he's not a rookie either, so. I've got Miami finishing second, and then I've got the Jets finishing third. They had a pretty big win over the Lions on Monday Night Football. Um, You know, Sam Darnold looked really good, actually. Uh, After he threw his first pass of his NFL career, went back for a pick six. But after that, he looked really calm and was making good reads and, um, you know, really settled down and and actually played pretty well. And then I've got the Bills finishing last. you know, I, I their their defense is is actually pretty good. You know, they've got some good defensive players, but I just just that offense. I do not think they're gonna be able to move the ball. Um, 
I mean, if you saw what happened with Peterman last week, he was absolutely atrocious again. Um, and then they've they've already announced that Josh Allen, their their first their first uh, round pick in this draft, is going to start. And again, being a rookie, um, you know, and they're playing a team, they're playing the LA Chargers, who have a really good defense and are uh, are you know a lot of people have I've heard some people say that they're they have them making to the Super Bowl uh, in the AFC. So so there's AFC East, AFC North. Uh, <laughs> you know, this one you think would be pretty easy with the Cleveland Browns in it, but actually I think this is this is going to be a tough one to predict. Um, you know, this is a division the last few years. It's either been Pittsburgh or Baltimore finish one, and, one or two. Um, but... There's obviously been a lot of developments with that in within this this division. Um, you know, Le'Veon Bell has still not reported to Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, there as many of you know, they're in a big contract dispute, and he still has not come back. And I think that that's going to hurt the Steelers. Uh, the Baltimore's the Ravens looked really good last week, but again, they did play Buffalo, so um, you know, I might have to take that win with a bit of a grain of salt. And then the Bengals. You know they're sort of an up and down team. Andy Dalton's pretty good quarterback, but they always seem to uh, fall apart late in the year. And and Cleveland, I mean, I gotta give it to them. They they played really well against the Steelers last week. And if it wasn't for some bad decision making late in the game by Tyrod Taylor, um, you know they probably would have beat them at home. Again, they probably would beat the Steelers at home. So I've I I think I've I think I'm gonna go with Baltimore finishing first overall though. You know Joe Flacco. He's he's good. He's he's a really, he's a good quarterback. Um, obviously, led the Ravens to many AFC title games, and um, you know led them to Super Bowl victories as well. So their their offense is going to be pretty good, and and their defense is is actually still um, is pretty good as well. So I'm, I'm I've got them finishing first. Uh, second, I I I think I'll go with the Steelers. You know. Um, like I said, it was just one game, but I I think Big Ben will be able to get that offense on track, and and I I have to think that Le'Veon Bell is going to come back at some point this year. Um, you know they're 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 going to get it figured out because if it if it goes on too much longer, you know the Steelers' season I think could be in jeopardy. Um, you know, but I mean the the Steelers they've got they've got Juju Smith Schuster and Antonio Brown. Um, you know both dynamic wide receivers, a lot of speed and really hard to cover. And and of course Big Ben is still um you know, is still is still pretty good quarterback. So I've got them finishing second. And believe it or not, I've got the Cleveland Browns finishing third. Um you know, like I said, they they looked really good last week against the Steelers and like I said, if if Tyrod Taylor hadn't made a couple bad decisions Late in the game, and you know if they had been if they had been able to execute a little bit better, um, I I think they would have won that game. But you know with some of the weapons that that they've added, Jarvis Landry, um, you know they've got Josh Gordon back, and and that defense I think is actually you know Miles Garrett obviously he was a first overall pick a couple of years ago, um, you know I think they're going to be decent this year. And they're going to make some steps, you know. I mean, they're not going to finish 0 16, so, um, you know, they can't get any worse than that. So I've got them finishing third. And then Cincinnati, I think, is going to finish fourth. Now to, now to another tough division. 
the AFC South. This one is probably one of the toughest ones to predict. Um, you know, three of the teams in the in the division have really good defenses, um, and some of them have pretty acceptable offenses as well. So, I think I'm 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 going to go with the Jaguars though to finish first. You know, they they made it to the AFC Championship game last year. Um, you know, absolutely dominated uh, the Steelers in 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 the divisional round. And ended up losing a tight one to the Patriots. No big deal. And um, you know, but like I said, they they've got they've got a lot of weapons on and on defense. I would say, especially I mean, Jalen Ramsey. You know, yes, he's very outspoken, but he's a good corner. And uh, you know, they've they've just got they've got a lot of good defensive players who can pressure the quarterback. And uh, I I think they're going to be able to force a lot of turnovers this year as well. And and Blake Bortles really showed up late last year and and uh, in the playoffs he played really well. So you know I think uh, with him at the helm they they're gonna they're gonna win some football games and uh, win the division. Second place I I think I'm gonna go with Tennessee. Um, you know they're a team that's sort of been in that you know rebuilding mode for a while, but. You know, they've added some weapons. Marcus Mariota, you know, quality quarterback that they made the playoffs last year and lost to the Patriots in, in the uh, divisional round. Um, and obviously, you know, they, they added Deion Lewis, who's a pretty dynamic running back, and, uh, you know, their defense is pretty good. And they added Malcolm Butler at corner, who, you know, was a, is a good is a pretty solid cornerback as well. So I've got them finishing second. I've got Houston finishing third. Um you know their defense is probably better than Tennessee's, but I think offensively, you know Deshaun Watson. I I don't know. I mean a lot of people are saying, oh, you know they're pretty high on him, and 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 I know he got hurt last year, but I don't know. I'm I'm he still needs to show me more. Um, you know, yes he yes he can, he's really fast and he's a mobile quarterback, but I think he really he really needs to work on you know, standing in the pocket and taking those hits and, and finding his receivers. And, I mean, other than DeAndre Hopkins, you know, I, I don't really think he, they have a lot of weapons. Um, you know, yes, yes, Lamar Miller is a good running back. But apart from those two guys, I, I really don't think they have a whole lot of weapons. And, and I think they're going to struggle to put points up on the board this year. But, I mean, defensively, you know, Jadavion Clowney, um, J.J. Watt on, up front, you know, their, their front seven um, – you know, is is probably one of the best in the game. So I've got them finishing third. And then the Colts, I've got finishing fourth. Um, yes, Andrew Luck is back, but apart from T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron at tight end, you know, they don't... Their offense, I think, is going to struggle this year, and their defense is absolutely atrocious. And Andrew Luck, you know, hasn't played in two years, and he's probably going to be a little bit rusty, uh, as you saw last week. So I've got them finishing fourth in the AFC South. AFC West, another another division that I think will be tough to call. Um, you know, I've I've got the Chargers finishing first. You know, Phillip Rivers is a really good quarterback. Keenan Allen is a good wide receiver, and you know their defense. You know, Bosa and some other guys are. Uh, you know, they're 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 going to be tough to to play against as well. Um, and you know, like I said, I I think this will be the year that the the Chargers finally. Uh, you know, get past the Broncos and the Chiefs and actually do something and, and win some games. So got the Chargers finishing one. 
Um, I, th- I think I'll take the Chiefs at number two just based on the fact, you know, Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, he, he, is, he is a pretty good quarterback. You know, Tyreek Hill is very fast. Um, you know, their offense is pretty good and, and their defense, um, you know, complements compliments them pretty well. And then I'll take the chart, or sorry, the Broncos at finishing third. Um, you know, again, defense pretty good. You know, they 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 went out and got some got some quarterback help just to sort of um, you know has a stopgap in between the the rookie quarterbacks that they have. Um, and you know, they still have Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver who are both pretty good. Um, and then I've got the Raiders finishing. Last, you know, the trade, that Khalil Mack trade, I'm still sort of shaking my head at that. And, you know, I I don't know what Gruden's doing, but, um, you know, they're certainly paying him a lot of money to do to do it. And, and I don't know if he's going to really help them a whole lot. Um, you know, defensively, I mean, they they really had trouble pressuring the quarterback last week. And, and I think that's going to be an issue for them all year. And offensively, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. You know, Marshall Lynch is getting old. Derek Carr, yes, he's pretty good, but I just don't know if the weapons are there for him. So i got the Raiders finishing fourth. Now, moving to the NFC. Again, I think this is going to be the tougher conference out of, uh, you know, between the NFC and the AFC. You know, there's just a lot of teams that are really good, and, and um, you know, the, the, the division games are really going to be important. For some of these, uh, for some of these teams, and in, in some of these divisions, so the NFC East—it's got the Redskins, the Eagles, defending champions, Dallas Cowboys, and the New York Giants. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to take the Eagles finishing first. I really think that, you know, Carson Wentz, when he's fully healthy, he's gonna he's gonna uh, come back in, and and this team's not going to skip a beat. And defensively, uh, you know, they're very good defensively. They've got good good secondary, good front seven, and you know they can really pressure the quarterback and force turnovers. So, um, you know, I I I think they're gonna be able to put a lot of points on the board. Second, I I'm I'm gonna go with the Cowboys. Um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, one of the best running backs in the game. Dak Prescott's, you know, um, he's a he's an amazing athlete, and you know I I think that. With those two at the helm, they're going to be able to put up a lot of points as well. You know, yes, I've I've got some questions on the defensive end, but um, you know, I think overall they're they're going to be able to um, score a lot of points. I've got the Redskins finishing third. You know, they lost they lost Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, and yes, I mean they've they've got a pretty decent offense, but you know, I I I, I question that the quarterback play there. Um, and you know, I wonder, I wonder if they're going to be able to sustain some of the offense that we saw last week from them. And then the Giants, I got finishing fourth. Um, you know, yes, I, I know they drafted, uh, Saquon Barkley second overall running back and he looked pretty good last week. You know, he had that one big long touchdown run, but I, 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 and you know, yes, they, they've got Odell Beckham. Don't get me wrong. He's an amazing wide receiver, one of the best in the game. But again, I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to put it all together. Um, defensively, again, I've got some questions. And, you know, other than Barkley and Odell, you know, I I, I don't know if they're going to be able to put, put up enough points uh, this year to to uh, win enough games to qualify the playoffs. And, and, again, they are in a tough division as well. 
So I think that's going to factor in. Now, probably the toughest division in football to predict is the NFC North with the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Lions. Um, <laughs> you know, if I don't know if you guys watched that Packers-Bears game last week, but, you know, the, the Packers were down 20 nothing. And or sorry, twenty to three, and they end up winning the game twenty four twenty three. Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but came back in. Um, you know, was basically playing on one, one leg, and he was able to lead. You know, lead a late, uh, late fourth quarter drive and and get them a touchdown to win the game. So, um, but I I've, I'm going to take the Vikings to win the division over the Packers. I think the addition of Kirk Cousins. And, you know, they've they've got some weapons, you know, Adam Thielen and, and Stephon Diggs um, and, of course, Dalvin Cook in the backfield. You know, they're going to be very, they're going to be very tough to stop. And defense, they probably have one of the best defenses in the league. Um, and again, like I said, the addition of Kirk Cousins, I think, really rounds that team out, um, you know, and, and they're going to put a lot of points up, I think. And, you know, they're going to be tough to stop. So second, I'll take the Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks in the game. Um, you know, they got Clay Matthews on defense, haha, Clinton Dix, pretty good, pretty good in the secondary. Um, and you know, I, I think offensively they're going to be able to do enough to, to win enough games to, you know, to finish second in the division and qualify over the playoffs. Third, I'm going to take the bears. Um, you know, young quarterback, Mitch Jabrinski, but, um, you know, they've got some, some good offensive players, Allen Robinson. Um, you know, yes, he's young, but I think, um, you know, he's going to do a lot of things for them. And defensively, you know, the addition of Khalil Mack, I think it's going to help them. You know, their defense, you know, Kyle Fuller, a cornerback, you know, their defense, um, you know, was able to contain the Packers for most of the game last week, but they just made a couple mistakes late and, and it cost them. And the lines I got, I have finished in fourth. Um, you know, I'm going to dive in a bit to their their awful performance against the Jets in week one, but I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to put it all together. Um, you know, yes, Stafford's a good quarterback. Yes, they have Golden Tate and Marvin Jones on offense. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, something's missing there. And defensively, I, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to stop people. Um, you know, Ziggy Anza was, is their best pass rusher, and, and he got hurt again. And, um you know, obviously the new they got a new head coach and Matt Matt Patricia, and I think you know there was some obvious confusion with the system that he put in, and you know they looked atrocious. And but I'll talk about that a bit more here in a minute. So yeah, so we've got uh, Vikings one, Packers two, Bears three, Lions four in the NFC North, NFC South. Um, I, I I'm gonna go with the Saints. You know, Drew Brees, really very good quarterback. You know, Kamara is a very solid player. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be able to put up a lot of points um, on offense and defense. They, they have actually they have improved a lot finally that I think they're going to be able to stop enough people that they're going to be able to – that they're going to be able to put up enough points to win, win some games. Um, second, I'm going to go with Carolina. Cam Newton – you know, everybody knows Cam Newton, he's a beast. And I think that, you know, with him and, and um Luke Keekley at the helm on defense, they're gonna be able to they're you know, they're gonna be able they're gonna be able to do enough to win some games. Um 
Now it's it's a tough choice between the Bucks and the Falcons. You know, a lot of people had to. I I'm gonna go with the Falcons. I think. Um, I mean, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman. Um, you know, name a few guys. You know, their their offense is very good, and I I think they're, they're gonna be able to they're gonna be able to put up a lot of points this year. So I'll go with the Falcons finishing third, and then the Buccaneers finishing fourth. You know, Jameis Winston is out for uh, four games to start the year because of suspension, and I, I just don't know if Ryan Fitzpatrick, yes, they put up 48 points last week against the Saints, but I don't know if that's going to be able to be sustained, so I'll go with them finishing fourth. And then to round it out in the NFC West, probably one of the best teams in football in, in this division, the LA Rams. I've got them finishing first. You know, Jared Goff, um, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks, you know, they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. And, um, you know, they're going to be a tough team to stop overall. And obviously on the defensive side of the ball, they're very good as well. So, yeah, it's not much of a question here. I've got the LA Rams finishing first. Um, second, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think that, you know, yes, the, the, the 49ers did make some some good additions in the offseason. You know, Richard Sherman... Um, obviously they gave Jimmy Garoppolo big contract and obviously, and they added Jerry McKinnon, but you know, he's out for, I think he's out for the whole year. Um, cause he got injured in, in training camp. So that loss, I think it's going to really hurt them. So, um, like I said, I, I've, I've got Seattle, you know, their veteran team, Russell Wilson, um, you know, pretty good quarterback, still have a decent defense. I think they'll be able to do enough to finish second. And then I, and then I'll, and I'll take the Niners third. Um, and then the Cardinals fourth. I think the Cardinals are going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. You know, they're old. Don't have a whole lot of, you know, Larry Fitzgerald's really getting up there. Yes, he's still good, but he's getting old. Um, and I have a lot of questions at, at the quarterback position. So, yeah, so there's my season prediction um, as far as the divisions go. Um, I mean, if you want me to go out on a limb and, you know, talk about who I think is going to be in the Super Bowl, um, you know, Shot in the dark. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the Patriots winning the AFC East. And yes, you know, people say, "Oh, you're a Pats fan." That's, you know, whatever. But I still think they're gonna be able to do enough. They got Tom Brady, best quarterback to ever play the game. Um, you know, good, pretty good defense. You know, Dante Hightower come back this year. Um, you know, they got some guys. Dietrich Wise is back from injury. Trey Flowers on the on the defensive line. They're gonna be able to put a lot more pressure on quarterbacks. And um, you know, obviously at safety, Devin McCourty, Deron Harmon, Patrick Chung. Um, you know, so I, 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 I think their secondary will be able to hold up enough that, um, you know, that they're going to be able to um, get, you know, force enough turnovers and and uh, hold teams, uh, you know, keep teams out of the end zone. So I'll take the Patriots going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. The NFC, I'm going to take the LA Rams. You know, I just, I think they're, they've got all, like I said, like I said earlier, Jared Goff, you know, uh, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks on the offensive side of the ball, and defensively they're very good, and they're, they're just, you know, they don't, have, they don't have a lot of weaknesses. So I'll, I'll go with the Patriots and the Rams making it the Super Bowl. I, I won't give you who I, I'm not going to go with this, who I think will win that, but that's my uh, two teams I think are made of the Super Bowl this year. So what I want to do now, I'm just kind of going to kind of go over, like I said, I, did, I already did a bit of a week, week one recap, but um, 
you know, that Lions-Jets game was very eye-opening um, in a couple ways. Obviously, Sam Darnold, yes, he played very well. Um, you know, is he going to be able to sustain that all year? I don't think so, but, um, you know, man, the Lions, they have a lot of work to do. You know, five turnovers. Matt Stafford looked absolutely atrocious. You know, they had trouble moving the ball at times. Defense could not stop the Jets. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a tough look for Matt Patricia. I mean, you know, I think Lions fans, they had a lot of high hopes for him you know, coming into the year, and they really thought that he was going to be able to turn that team around, and I mean, it's only one game, you know, it's, it's, you know, not going to, you know, you're not, you're not going to jump off the cliff after, after one game, but I mean, they certainly have a lot of things that they need to work on, and I think that, um, you know, if they don't get things fixed, it's going to be a long season for Lions fans. Um, the other game I wanted to touch on, you know, the Cleveland Browns, man, they, uh, I think they're finally going to make some noise, and you know they're certainly they almost they almost came away with a win. You know, um, like I said earlier, if Tyrod Taylor had not, he went for it all there late, late in the fourth quarter when all they had to do was pick up you know probably fifteen twenty yards and they're in field goal range. But he went for the deep ball and it was turned over and um, you know the game game ended up finishing a tie. But you know the the Browns look you know they look good. That defense really shut down Big Ben. In the Steelers' offense, which is a hard thing to do, and um, you know, obviously, uh, and you know, in front of their home fans, they really gave them a good showing. So it's good for them. And um, now to the Pats Texans game, um, you know, I was really impressed with how Brady and the offense dealt with that with that Houston pass rush. You know, like I said, like I said earlier, that that front seven very tough. Um, you know, the Pats offensive line really held out well. Um, you know, they've got a couple, uh, you know, they got a, they got a rookie or sorry, not a rookie, but a younger left tackle protecting Brady's blind side and Trent Brown. And he did a really good job against J- Jadavion Clowney and Marcus Cannon on at right tackle did a good job against JJ Watt. Um, you know, they gave Brady enough time to get the ball out of his hands and, um, you know, move the ball downfield, which is important. So. All right, so that was my NFL recap. Going to take a break and coming back, we're going to talk, have some hardcore Leafs and NHL talk. We'll be right back. Small Town Sports Podcast. Okay, we're back. Small Town Sports Podcast, Episode 5. So in the first segment, I talked about the NFL, gave a little week one recap, and kind of gave my NFL season predictions and standing predictions. Um, so today, September 13th, the Leafs training camp opened up today, officially. Play, some players reported, and uh, Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock spoke for the first time and kind of gave a in-depth look and sort of you know, not, I wouldn't say predictions, but just talked about the season and kind of what they're expecting. So I want to go over that a bit. So the first thing, um, one thing that Dubas said was he's, he's, uh, going to allow the players to have facial hair this year, which as many of you would know, Lou Lamorello's big rule for any of his teams, he's ever been the GM of New Jersey. Um, you know, and now in the Island is players are not allowed to have facial hair. Um, so, and you know, and and Duba said he he said you know that he understands and respects it, but 
same time, he feels like, um, you know, the players are, you know, they're giving him and the team, um, you know, nine months of their lives. So, I mean, if a guy wants that facial hair, he doesn't really see the problem with it. And, and, and I don't either. I mean, either way, you know, yeah, I can understand Lou's point, you know, where you're, you know, you want to be classy and, and um, you know, that sometimes if you have facial hair that's kind of untrimmed and stuff, you kind of look like, you know, you, you look a little messy, but... Um, you know, I I think for the most part the guys, you know, they're pretty good at keeping it at least trimmed up and and looking respectable. So, you know, don't don't have an issue with that. Um, another big thing that he said, or that Babcock rather said, was so they've named their three assistant captains for this year, uh, and the three are Patrick Marlowe, John Tavares, and Morgan Riley. Now, if anybody, if you guys know anything about the team, you would recognize there's a name missing from that that you would maybe expect since they don't have a captain, that's Austin Matthews. Um, you know, little little surprised to hear that, especially because I know, like I said, they considering they don't actually have a captain and, you know, they're going to wait until the time is right to name a captain. But at the same time, I think really what this means for Matthews is that he's the guy that they, they want to be the next captain. Um, you know, he's the guy that he's going to be there for a long time. You know, they're, he obviously still has one year left on his entry level, but, um, you know, when the time comes, he's going to be signing an eight-year deal to stick around with the Leafs, and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not rushing it because they know that the next guy that they need captain, um, you know, he's going to be the captain for, like I said, for a long time, and they want to make sure that they get it right, and, you know, it's, it's a good, um, you know, there's a good leadership group in uh you know with the Leafs already and I think that you know the three assistants that Babcock's gonna have they make sense Patrick Marlowe you know he's been a captain before he's a veteran guy um you know he's been around the league so you know that one totally makes sense to me and then another one that uh and then obviously John Ferris been a captain was just the captain with the Islanders um you know so I, I can totally understand that as well and Morgan Riley guy's been with the on the lease for a long time you know they drafted him developed him and he's kind of been through you know thick and thin with the team so you know that's good to, that they would you know recognize that and give him that so but like I said I, I totally am expecting awesome Matthews to be named the captain at some point um when that is I don't know like I said it doesn't sound like Dubis and and Leafs company are in too big of a rush to do it which is fine like I said you know again they, they want to make sure the time's right and um you know, that the decision is the one that they definitely want to make because once they do it, you know, if they were to, you know, revert revert that decision and give it to someone else, you know, there'd be, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of uh, questions about that and, you know, why would you, why would you name someone that you weren't totally sure? So I totally understand that and um, like I said, I'm, I'm expecting Matthews to be the new captain after hearing this, so... Um, you know, some other news out of the, you know, out of training camp, there's a, you know, a couple of the position battles, um, you know, nothing too major, but one that is kind of interesting is backup goaltender. Um, you know, obviously Curtis McElhinney has been it the last two years and has really done a great job, you know, for a guy that they picked up on waivers, you know, he's done, um, everything that they've asked of him, you know, he's gone in and, um, you know, he's won them games when they needed it. Obviously probably one of his biggest, games he's gone in was uh, when uh, was it two years ago against Pittsburgh only two games left in the regular season and the Leafs were still trying to uh, 
clinch playoff spot and Freddie Anderson went out hurt. Uh, McElhaney went in there, did a great job and made a huge save on Crosby late in the game to to hold the lead and, and help at least qualify for the playoffs. So, um, you know, so in, and the other two goalies that he's competing with is Calvin Pickard and Garrett Sparks, who won AHL Goalie of the Year last year. Um, you know, I, I really think it's either between McElhaney or Sparks. Obviously, they you know they're both they're both on one way deals, which makes it interesting because whoever doesn't get the job, they have to send down to the minors, and he goes on waivers, and a team can can pick him up for free. So, you know that's gonna be one to watch. I mean, you know, right now I think it's McElhaney's job to lose just based on how he's played the last couple of years, but at the same time, you know, Dubis now he's the GM. You know, he was the GM of the Marlies. He he knows that or he knows that team, the Marlies inside and out. And you know, I I, you know, if if I had to guess, I think he would rather give Sparks the job. But at the same time, you know, if he's not ready, maybe they'll you know they'll try to do something. Maybe to you know maybe maybe they can get lucky and sneak him down to the minors and nobody will pick him up. I don't know, but um, you know, I I know they certainly don't want to lose him. But at the same time, um. You know, if he's not ready for the job, well, they have to do something about that. But you never know. Like I said, I, I, I personally, I, I, I think I would go with Matt Kalani for now. But, um, you know, if, if they're both playing really well in camp and it's really about, well, which one can you afford to lose? I think it's Matt Kalani just based on his age. Sparks is a lot younger. And like I said, he, he did just win HL Goaltender of the Year last year. Um, not that that means anything because there's been a lot of goalies that have done that that have never turned out. But. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. That's definitely a uh, one to watch. And the other one, you know, not all that big of a deal, but fourth line center. Um, you know, a couple different options there. We've got Freddie Gauthier, who's who was the first round pick a couple, you know, few years ago now um, with the Leafs. And, you know, you've got Par Lindholm, a, a guy that they signed from Sweden. Um, you know, he's not in his 30s, but he's in his mid, mid 20s. But he's a, you know, he's been around. Um, you know, he's played pro hockey for years and um you know some, some people are saying that he he actually might get it and then and then another guy that they they signed uh veteran guy in the offseason Tyler Ennis who um you know a few years ago back with Sabres was actually pretty good and pretty dynamic forward but he's had some injury problems but um you know but I I think he's also a guy that 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 can play the wing and um, you know, can can put the puck in the net if, if they need him to. So he's an interesting one as well. So we'll we, that's definitely one to to keep an eye on as well. Um, you know, do I? Have a, it's kind of tough right now to gauge a prediction. And I mean, the one thing about it is, you know, the the Leafs' top three centers are so good that whoever the whoever they get, you know, as their fourth line center, it's you know, I I don't really think they don't have to expect a whole lot out of them because of how good the three centers are ahead of them and. Um, you know, that they've got three guys who they're going to have to, you know, make sure that, that they're given enough ice time to. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. So the, probably the biggest, the biggest news out of the Leafs camp is still that Will Nylander has not, they've not uh, come to a contract extension for him. Um, and obviously he hasn't reported because he doesn't have a contract, which, you know, makes sense. So, um, and Darren Drager came out yesterday on, on, uh, on the radio and, and, and Twitter and said that he's hearing that William Nylander's camp is, they've asked for 8 million a year. Um, you know, not sure what, what the term is on that, but obviously if you're paying them 8 million a year or if they're asking for 8 million a year, rather that, you know, it's a long-term extension. 
um, and that he's hearing that the Leafs are they're coming in around six, which when you look at comparables is fair market value. Um, you know, a couple of comparables, comparables, excuse me, Nikolai Ehlers with Winnipeg. Uh, he makes six. Philip Forsberg makes six. Johnny Gaudreau makes 6.75. And David Pasternak with the Bruins makes 6.6. You know, honestly, if, if Nealer thinks he's going to get $8 million a year, um, you know, he better give, he better give his head a shake. I mean, the guy, as much as I, and I, and I love him, you know, don't get, don't get me wrong. Let me put that out there right now. I absolutely love him. And, you know, he's, he was kind of, he was the first out of the, you know, the three top tier kids in their, in their, on their team who was drafted. And, um, you know, I mean, he's, he's been healthy, you know, he's played, he, he played 82 games last year and, and 81 the, the year before that, but he scored 22 and 20 the last two years. I'm sorry, but a guy who scores 20 goals does not deserve to make $8 million a year. I don't, I don't care who you are. Um, you know, he, I mean, he put up 61 points in total, which is, you know, that's great and all, but like you said, you only, you only scored 20 goals, you know, the, the guys that, uh, you know, that are comparables to him, Goudreau, Pasternak, Forsberg, they, they, they put up a lot more goals than that. So, um, honestly, I mean, and the thing about this is, too, that why it's also huge is that, you know, the Leafs, they, they've got, you know, they're going to have to pay Marner um, by next year. They're going to have to pay Matthews by next year. You know, Jake Garner is, is a UFA after this season. You know, he's a guy that they're going to have to sign. Um, or, you know, think about signing, or if, if not, they're going to let him walk. But, um you know, so I mean, the Leafs they have to win this negotiation, and by winning it, that means you get him around six million dollars. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily six. I understand, you know, that Nikolai Ehlers deal, uh, Philip Forsberg deal. It's you know, it's a few years ago, so you know, the salary cap has gone up a bit. You know, the market has maybe changed a bit, but at the same time, um, you know, I I think maybe at most you're going to pay him six and a half at most. Um, anything higher than that, I don't think you know is is probably a loss for the Leafs, but. Um, you know, so let's, let's hope that Dubas and company can, can get it figured out. I mean, you know, like I said, they're, they're only 2 million apart, which really isn't, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a lot, but it isn't, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it really isn't all that much. Um, you know, I'm sure they can work it out and, and hopefully they, uh, hopefully they do sooner or later. Cause I know all Leaf fans want, want Willie Nylander on, uh, up playing with Austin Matthews and, you know, scoring lots of goals this season. So, um, now, the last two things, the biggest news of today is the Eric Carlson trade. Um, you know, the Senators, <laughs> you know, they're an absolute tire fire. And, you know, finally they've they traded the guy and, you know, they can start fresh. But, um, you know, it, it's been a long time coming. And, you know, I think it's, I think Sens fans and Pierre Dorian, I think they're going to be happy to finally be able to move on. But, um, so the trade was Eric Carlson to the San Jose Sharks, and in return they got Chris Tierney, who's a forward, um, forward Josh Norris, forward Rudolph's Balsers, and defenseman Dylan DeMello, and a 2019 second rounder, and a 2020 first rounder, and also a couple conditional picks as well. Um, so really you've got Tierney, who can play now, uh, Dylan DeMello, who play, can play now, and then two mid-level prospects um you know i mean if you go online <laughs> the sense sense fans are pissed and a lot of hockey guys are saying they did not get a nearly enough for him um you know they're saying that they pretty they pretty much paid um or they gave up uh rental price for eric carlson 
So, you know, that's tough. I mean, that's it's going to be, it's going to, you know, have to see what plays out. But, um, you know, I, I'm saying it's, that's a steal for, for San Jose. And they're going to have a hell of a decor with Mark Edward Vlasic and Brent Burns and now Eric Carlson. They're going to be... Uh, they're going to be tough to score on, and 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 that that decor is going to be able to put up a lot of points this year. So, um, you know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. And um, you know, the one thing is, it's good for the Leafs. You know, he's finally out of the he's finally out of the East, and um, you know, this is only going to solidify the Leafs' position even more. So, um, and and then of course the other news, big news, uh, Tyler Sagan finally signed a deal. They they gave him an eight year deal, seventy eight point eight overall, and I think that equals about nine point eight a year. Um, you know, so because there there had been a lot of speculation as of late that you know he wasn't happy and there hadn't been a whole lot of talks and that he was you know if things kept going this way you know maybe he was going to be the next big free agent to leave um, you know kind of go the John Tavares route but um, you know they, they they get him locked up which is huge because he's an amazing player and um, you know he'd be a tough guy to replace so and you know but then some people are also saying that he he left some money on the table because. You know, nine point eight. Um, you know, yes, it's a big chunk of change, but I mean, Tavares signed for eleven. Obviously, yeah, that's in you know that's in open market um, now. I mean, I mean overall, you know, it is more money because it's the extra year. Um, and I think you know, and, and I think Dallas tax wise, I think they're they're. I don't think they have a state tax, so I think he actually brings home more money overall. Um, so yeah, so hope everyone enjoyed the podcast episode five. Um, I am going to be hoping to have a guest here soon, maybe in the next couple episodes. I've already spoken to him, and he's willing to come on, so I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, again, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please give me any feedback, as I always appreciate it. All right, until next time, guys. Small Town Sports Podcast, out.